Hi, I'm Natasha. And I'm Penny. And you're listening to The Wibs, the podcast for women in business. We're here with practical, real advice to help you get ahead at work. Without the BS. We'll be the work wives you've always wanted. Let's go. Good morning. I'm Natasha. And I'm Penny. And welcome to our Wednesday Whip. Today, we are going to talk about how to set direction and goals for both your personal and professional life. This is a two-part episode. Two parts. It's I, so chunky. It's a, <laughs> like I hope that you like make a coffee, just settle in. Like if you're driving to work, perfect. Just hope you get delayed in traffic. It's going to be beautiful. But basically today we wanted to address how you figure out the direction for your career if you're not certain about it. And then once you have figured it all out, how to set the goals and go from there. Yeah, it's that it's when we were putting this episode together, it was kind of we spoke to people and we said, What do you want to know? And I think especially coming into December, it's the last month of the year and everyone's feeling probably a little bit tired and confused. And I think (laughs) we speak a lot about in these podcasts about, you know, go towards your goal and goals, goals, goals. But what about if you don't know if you're following the right goal or you need help with that goal setting? And I think leading into that December and especially January, it's probably the most important time to set yourself up with the right parts so that you can build those goals for both your personal and professional. Because I do believe they go hand in hand. Yeah, I agree with that. I think we've probably both had a very similar experience in terms of doing something or studying something and then kind of waking up one day and realizing, okay, I'm probably not going to make a career out of this. Now what? And we both studied journalism and here we are. Exactly. Here we are. We're doing a podcast. Everything comes full circle in the end, baby. We are back. Here you go. But I think... If you are a person that at the moment you're struggling with figuring out what your direction for your career should be, figuring out your, I guess, what your path is going to look like, we have some tips and some advice for you. Yeah, definitely. I think it's important to kind of start off with how we've gone through it. And I think for me in particular, I've always wanted to start my own business. It's always something that I always wanted to do. It was a huge thing that I was just obsessed with, but I just didn't know how to do it. And I found myself getting really frustrated and deflated at myself. And I would, instead of thinking of smarter, more synergy ways of starting a business from what I'm doing, I was just like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to start a, you know, how everyone goes on like Alibaba and yeah. <laughs> it's like a, a bit cheap, of drop shipping, a sprinkle bit of drop shipping. Like I was like, I'm going to start this business and be a multimillionaire in two hours. Like I just felt really lost. I think I knew what to do, but I just didn't know the direction on how to get there. And it wasn't until I had a chat with my boss at the time and I was open about, look, like I absolutely love my job because I did at the time. I absolutely loved my job. It was, you know, so much fun and I'd, I've spoken about in the past, but I was taking on my responsibilities. I loved the people I worked with. I didn't want to leave them. So I was really conflicted and between, you know, what I'm doing and what I wanted to do. And it wasn't until I had that chat with my boss at the time and that's how the whole snacks with bite business got started because Mm. if it wasn't for that chat where I was just really open and honest and I was like look I really want this tell the people for those that don't know what you did with snacks with bite so snacks with bite started because of that very reason I went I went into a room and I was like I need to start a business it's something that I need to do and at the time I was working for hampers with bite and still am and I just needed a way that was something that was mine and so I tried to look at what hampers with bite did really well 
And that was put the boxes of, you know, high value. There's a lot of value in the boxes, beautifully presented, but I wanted something that sold to businesses because I thought that that was something that I, where my strengths were really strong and the people that I partnered with, they're really strong in the B2B space. So I kind of thought, okay, so what's something that works um, with that, I looked at different companies in America, UK, companies that were doing really, really cool things. And that's how the idea of Snacks with Bite came along, where it was an uh, office subscription business. So it was a subscription of non-perishable snacks. So say how you get your fruit and milk delivery to the office, it was a similar vibe, but with snacks. Mm. Which, yes, excellent idea until you, <laughs> until you launch it in COVID and every, all the offices close. So that was the only kind of drawback. But because of the experience with Hampus with Bite, what that kind of allowed us to do was then pivot really fast and sell at-home boxes. So it all worked out in the end. But the most important thing that I did was have clarity with what I wanted and I stuck to that. I knew I wanted it and I had a chat with somebody. Instead of, you know, you want something, you want something, holding it in, I'll solve it myself. I think the most important thing I did in that moment was instead of holding this in and making it a, you know, I've got to solve this, I've got to solve this, I shared it. Yeah, you use that as a time to explore things. And I think the biggest thing, so if you're coming into this, if you're trying to figure out what your next move should be for your career, your next direction, next path, a really great example to take from that is that you want, you started somewhere, you didn't just sit there and sort of leave it until you actually shared what you were thinking about it and were able to sort of start figuring out from there. Because if you were sitting in it and it's sort of, I guess, like, you're kind of ruminating over it in your mind all the time it's not going to go anywhere versus you actually okay making a plan getting started and I think that's a big thing when you're trying to figure out what your next career move is you you have to talk to somebody about it you have to sort of and articulate it you have to be able to articulate what you want and I think that's where it's really hard I think a lot of people have these amazing dreams but it's kind of like what do I do with these dreams and how do I make them a goal and then the next thing I did was then put it into this goal planner which I'll share later down this episode as a resource but the goal planner that I did for the business was you know it's like yay okay we're starting a business this is awesome then it's like okay well I've got the okay we're able to do it now I need to come up with a plan Mm. I'll speak to that a bit more later with the resources but coming up with that strong plan really helped us kind of build those processes and structures when we needed it the most yeah okay so a person's coming into it they're they're sitting at their desk it's a Monday and they're, they're dreading their job they're not liking it they know that they're destined for something different what are our main tips to be able to kind of get them to start thinking about and figuring out what it is they want to do next. Cool. So the first tip I'd like to say is exactly what I kind of said before, which is how to figure out the direction for your career. So it's it's working out, okay, what is it exactly that I want? Mm. And I think that's really, really important. So ways that I've, this one's a bit niche and I understand it's um, a bit niche, but how I got to this was I was at the airport one day and I was drinking red wine and I just pulled up my notes randomly on my computer and I was just writing and typing, you know, when you just go into this like random consciousness, mm-hmm. <laughs> just writing random things. Yeah. And I just started writing this like blog post, but it was just all about how to find your passion. And I thought one of the really important things of how to find your passion was to think back to what you loved as a child. Mm. What was that thing that you really enjoyed as a child? For me, it was I loved reading and I loved writing. There were two things that I was just absolutely obsessed with. So 
I think when people say they find the like some people, you know, love sports or they love gaming, like, you know, gaming, go back to that inner child, that thing that made that your inner child so happy. Exactly. You can use that to find your passion. And I think that some people might listen to that here and be like, oh, yeah, okay, well, I was a kid. I loved, you know, riding my bike. I'm not going to be Lance Armstrong. <laughs> but what we you mean, could. yeah, you could be if you're really, if you're really into that. I mean, don't dope. But other than that, you could be great. Yeah. I think what, that means though is okay what are your interests what are your areas what did you excel in like were you great with like handiwork like did you love you know making things did you enjoy like what Tash and myself as well reading writing articulation were you interested in science experiments it's more just a framework to figure out okay this is maybe a general pathway and there is a lot of research behind figuring out and linking what you enjoyed as a child into what you're going to be thriving at as an adult in a career path absolutely and it's even that like extrovert versus introvert thing where you know sometimes you're forced to live in those two spaces at work but you think back like were you the chatty kid who was trying to sell things to other kids yes exactly or were you that person who was you know would rather just kind of be on their own and, and play on their own and was a bit more introspective with what you did and you know it, it could be even like artsy I mean when you think back to it I think when you ask someone like you know what did you want to be when you were younger and yes there's a few that one's hard because I think everyone's just like, I don't know, like I wanted to be like a lawyer actress because I watched Legally Blonde. Yeah, I was like, I'm going to be her. I am going to be her one day. Didn't really come to fruition. But that's not exactly what I liked. That's what I aspired when I was a young kid. So I think that's that's a different thing. It's more just like what were you so pumped up when you had no responsibilities, when you had no one, you know, you didn't get paid for it. What did you do in your spare time as a kid? And I think it's really, really cool to think back to that yeah. and link it to your future. I agree. I think I don't know whether this is a sign of living in an age of consumerism but I distinctly remember (laughs) having a garage sale at my grandma's house and I was pumped I was going up to people and like hustling them I'm like do you want to buy this toaster like this is the best thing that you're going to ever own in your life I'm like come on like please and when I made money at the end of the day I was thrilled and this is I'm like six years old or something like ridiculous like trying to sell used appliances Great look for a child. But anyway, I love it. We haven't changed. I haven't changed. I'm like, the best negotiator I've ever come across. Like, this woman does not let anyone go. She believes in a product. She will ensure that you they believe yes, in it too. And that is why I have no money. I'm so sorry to my family and my husband. I will be better. No, I won't. But my point is, is yeah. that you can think about those things that you really enjoyed. So think back to your childhood and see those areas of and ask your parents or ask, you know, family friends or cousins or whoever in your life that would have seen you at a younger age and kind of get that gauge on the things that you love doing or were really interested in. The second thing that if you are struggling to sort of figure out exactly what you want to do. This sounds really basic, but to quiz yourself is actually a great way of looking at it. Being able to think about it, like it's like it's like a blank slate. Like if you're not sure where to start, you literally can take a career quiz. You can figure out the areas and the interests and the expertise that you would thrive in based on your personality, based on your skill set, based on your experience, and really get a sense of identity through that as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know, it's, I, I love a personality <laughs> quiz like those yeah. BuzzFeed ones. Like, I don't know. There's like, what kind of was vape you? Yeah, <laughs> we did that one. That's a real <laughs> deep one. <laughs> that was really deep. I really felt that one in the heart. What but, are you? Watermelon crush? <laughs> I can't remember what I was. It was, but it was delicious either way. But, yeah, I think when you're lost sometimes you just need answers mm. and I think it's a quiz is a really fast way to get answers. I think sometimes you just need that one thing that's going to kind of tell you 
and put you in the right direction. And I think a quiz can do that quite simply. Yes. It kind of, I don't want to say it in a bad way, but it kind of just simplifies it all for you. It's like all these thoughts going through your head and they ask you a few questions and like, mm. wait a minute, you're this kind of person. Have you thought about this, this, and this? And it's like, oh, Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, and it it doesn't necessarily have to be like just a personality test like what favorite color or anything like that. Like it, you can get amazing official career aptitude tests. Like things that help you with like the I guess the learnings of psychologists and neuroscientists to be able to kind of form a picture of what you'd actually thrive in at work. Yeah. But in addition to that, you can also look at things like disc profiles, like Myers-Briggs tests to be able to understand your personality and where you would be better suited to. If you don't, if you're not really sure on like an exact career path answer, then maybe it's about learning more about your personality and getting insights into your inner self to be able to understand where you want to take things and where you might be better suited towards based on what you're already thriving at or what you understand really well yeah as a person. I think the disc profile is a really really good example because you think about it if you're say going into a sales role say you're like okay I really want to be a salesperson or yeah. you don't know I don't know I know like say real estate everyone wants to after seeing selling sunset it's like I want to be a real estate agent yeah. but then you look at your disc profile and so disc is dominance influence or SC. I don't know what those ones are, but I know that they're, they're <laughs> are those not your ones? They're, they're definitely not my ones. It's like consciousness, I think. And it's just those two are like, I can't explain it, but like you're just very good at processes and you're amazing at like Excel. Yes. <laughs> right? They just put them into that bucket because it's just like different. Whereas disc and influences, obviously, if you're high in that, you'd assume that you would fit, say, that salesy real estate kind of role. Mm. But if you are more of that SC, you can assume that you're probably more of that like back end operational yeah. side that's where your mind sits in that in that side um so i think that that's a really important one and there is a free resource that we'll put into the notes for the disc profile as well should anyone just be a bit curious awesome and so you've done your disc profile you're doing your personality quizzes you're thinking back to childhood the next step i think is that you should make an interest list so if you are starting to, okay, you're forming a picture of yourself, you're starting to get an understanding, write it down. Identify what you enjoy. Like think about your hobbies. Think about what you enjoy doing for free. I don't want to use the same example again, but maybe it is like you just really enjoy writing. Like maybe you love to journal. Maybe there is like a passion project that you love to work on and start there. And even like, so I used to always hate it when people were like, what are your hobbies? Because I don't have like I'm really good at the gym or I'm really good at this or, you know, there's people that love to run. And yeah, or bake. The, yeah. yeah, or bake and they have those very specific hobbies. My hobby was always like I love socialising. I love chatting to people. I love talking. I love, you know, after a few drinks I am that person that no one can find because I'm with a new group of people just asking them their stories. Like I love chatting to people. It's my favourite thing to do. And I could never answer anybody when they said what's your hobby because I was like it just sounds so silly. Oh, I like talking to people. Like, I like to eat. Yeah. What is that? <laughs> I like to eat good food and chat to people. Like, I don't know how to say that, but you know, when you actually think about that, it kind of brings us to what we're doing today in our podcast. You know, Mm. you can, regardless of what your hobby is, even if it is something, you know, niche or not as, I don't know, not like art or something that's quite, I don't know, specific, you can still find a way to then relate it to something that you really enjoy. What I realized was through the fact that I love socializing is that my hobby is people, Mm. which then kind of put me into a people management role. Yeah, I really understand that what you mean by that. I think I believe that people listening to this episode who will get the most out of it are those people that maybe don't necessarily have a clear cut 
interest or hobby. Like my husband loves cars. Yeah. I could see him easily like switching a life and a career to be able to get into something for that. And you and I are very similar in that way. I don't have something specifically that I really love to do as a hobby and spending money doesn't count sadly. (laughs) Otherwise I'd be great at that. I'm like, what is that career? You're encouraging people to spend money. Yeah, true. Marketing does have the biggest budget for that reason. But anyway, like I think the reason why we say this is because this gives you a, a level of strategic direction by being introspective. And I think that's really important. So make a list, write it down, think about it, think about what you enjoy about it. even things about your work environment that you enjoy, your passions, your interests, your what you feel like you're good at, where you, where you feel like you really shine. I think that's important. And where it might be easier is to write your dislikes. So, you know, if you're struggling to find things that you like, it's okay, what do you really not like doing? I know, calling you out right now, little bro, but I know my brother hates getting on the phone. Like, he just hates it. Like even like when ordering a pizza, he's like, nah, I don't want to do it. He just like doesn't like it. Yeah. I don't know. It's like a weird quirk, but I don't support him for it. him. Love him for him. But like that's just like he's like dislikes it. By all means, I don't think he, that guy's ever going to work at a call center. Yeah. Like, fine, <laughs> fine. He's he's going into like bio. He's like the smartest man alive. So he'll work it out without having to get jump on a phone. But yeah. it's like working out what your dislike is because that can then help you kind of form a picture of what that ultimate goal looks like. And then now for resources. So one of the ones that helped me a lot was this book called Find Your Why. And we'll put a link to it in our note, show notes. The reason that this was really good was it's more about purpose and working out like what your purpose is and what makes it important to you. So it's like all about like finding your why, like what is the reason that you're doing what you're doing? In my experience, some of the happiest people I've ever spoken to are the people that are working towards their purpose, not towards money. And I understand there's different goals for everybody and I and I appreciate that. But, you know, I've, I've met people who, you know, have a lot of money but when they don't have that purpose – they can feel lost. Mm. And I think purpose is one of the most important things that you can find because if you're happy and you're going and and your work is meaningful, then money will come, Mm. hopefully. Like that's the goal, but money will come. So this book really kind of follows that trajectory of you need to find your why before you set up, you know, rather it's your next role, your next business, whatever it is, it's why are you doing this? Why are you in your job right now? And nailing that down before you go any further. That's why it's a really, really important book. Yeah, and I think it would be something that's helpful no matter what stage of your career that you're in Like because this kind of topic can be useful even if you're loving what you're doing. Mm-hmm. It's always good to be able to check back in with yourself and reading something like this might stir something up in you to be able to reaffirm what you're doing or maybe consider a different direction or maybe consider a pathway where it's not necessarily you're changing your career entirely but maybe you're doing something ever so slightly different or adding something into your life that maybe you weren't doing before. I think that's really important. I really I actually really want to read that book. It's, yeah, it's really good. It is. Okay. The second resource that we would recommend is seeing a career counsellor. Now, your local government should actually have free career counsellors listed on their websites. It's something that can also better help you and get a professional in to help you better identify your career goals and how you want to achieve them and then better understand your skills and your strengths. So I think in a similar way that you would talk to a psychologist when you were feeling upset or you need to speak to a counsellor when you're going through something personal in your life, think of that in the same way but in your career. I think a lot of the time we look to family and friends to give us guidance on this. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but sometimes I think we don't realize that just because you're not in high school 
doesn't mean that you can't actually go and speak to a professional about what you want to do with your career. In fact, I don't know why they give it to us just in high school. I know. I know there might be. I don't know. I didn't pay attention in uni, but they should do it like after uni, you know, when you or yeah. before, like, yeah, there's so many times that you need a career counselor throughout your whole life. Yes. <laughs> it just should be. Yeah, I agree. Like 17 year old. Yeah. Like they were giving us advice at 17, like, okay, pick from all of the list oh. of different career options. I'm like, well, yeah, of course. I'm going to, I want to be a pastry chef or I don't know. I was like, I want to be a lawyer because they get paid the most. Yeah. And I realized what you had to do to be one. And I was like, oh, okay. okay I'm sorry. But that's the thing. I'm like, I think it's interesting that we spend so much time when we're so young trying to mold what we should be doing for the rest of our lives. And then we don't take a step back to then rethink that with yeah. a professional. Like, yeah. why not spend some time and invest in that to figure out whether or not you're on the right path and get some guidance from somebody else? I think it's a great resource. And a lot of the times you can find them as a free resource through your local government. Yeah. Look, I think that's awesome. Okay. You know what you want to do. Now what? So now it's all about how to set goals for both your professional and personal life. Now I'm so excited about this. I know I'm going to, I'm going to try not to talk too fast (laughs) or talk too long or be too excited about this because strategy documents, they're my thing. I feel like this this particular part oh, was made for you. Like I'm just, you I'm are really, great at this. I'm just getting all hot and flustered at how excited <laughs> I am talking about this. So, okay, one of the things that I actually learnt through the Entrepreneurs Organisation that I had spoken to in one of our first episodes as a resource. So one of the things that they're really clear on is you can't just have a goal. You need a plan to get you to the goal. Fair. So one of the resources that we use and one of the tips is to come up with a strategy document for both your personal and professional life. So I think a lot of businesses have their company-wide goals that you've got to get and you might be given your KPIs. But I think what's really important if you come up with your own ones outside of what the business gives you. So how you kind of build this document is you start off with your core values. So Let's go into, say, personal. So you'd sit in a couple or by yourself and you'd go through, okay, what is really important to you? So it could be family, passion, purpose, could be anything, just words and values that are really, really important to you. It could be faith. It could be anything that's really important to you and the people that you're with. You can do this for both personal and professional. The importance about having this one first is because everything that comes under it should align with those core values. Now, these aren't the business's core values. These are your personal or your professional core values. Then the next step would be to come up with three core SMART goals. SMART goals means that they need to be specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and timely. That's a really good point. I like that acronym a lot for being able to sort of set your expectations because a lot of the times you can have a really lofty goal and then no time frame on it. And it's just like, okay, cool. It feels a bit pie in the sky. I had to learn this, but I would be like, I want to achieve heaps of sales. Like like say I'll go into the bite terms. I wanted to have a million dollars worth of sales in the first year. Blah, blah, blah. Like you come up with a random target and they're like, okay, so is that specific enough? Is it measurable enough? Is that actually achievable? Like, and we went through it all and you would get teared apart, like in the best way though. Like you'd come up with a goal and they'd be like, mm, okay, well, you're missing the realistic, so no. And you'd have to go back to the drawing board, back to the drawing board. So an example for Snacks with Bite that I had had was to achieve X number in reoccurring revenue by acquiring and retaining X amount of new corporate customers. Okay. So very specific. Extremely specific. I had to make sure that that number that I put where that X was, was realistic and achievable, but you can see how it's very measurable. Mm. I could tell whether I was on track or off track fairly easy. 
An example of a personal goal would be, and this is, oh my God, I'm so outing me and my partner right now, but this was out one of ours. I can't say that it was achieved, but whatever. To be our fittest, healthiest, happiest selves in 2022. And we made it measurable by adding in a smart goal, such as to be able to run 5Ks without stopping. And, now, and his was 10, mine can, was 5. Can you run 5 cases? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But that's not, that doesn't matter. We have no, the but you're still, you're still your and we sign up to a gym. Yeah. So, so we signed up to a gym and we've been going to the gym heaps. And once you have these big overarching goals, you then break them up into bite-sized mini goals that help you get there. So, for example, ours was for that health one. Ours was, you know, join a gym together. Mm. And since then we've joined the gym together. And we have been so much healthier. And, and I even go one step further to all of this <laughs> is that my partner and I did this personal goals thing where we had like three of the goals with all the mini goals. Yeah, my partner is so lucky to have somebody's like <laughs> I feel like he's also you guys are very like you're a power couple. You're very goal oriented. Oh. It's a very, very aspirational grouping of people. Sometimes the bloke just wants to have like a beer on a Sunday. Like yeah, fair, fair, fair play. So I went we went and did it all and then I got it laminated and put it in our fridge. I'm sorry, in our fridge. Lol. <laughs> Actually I should have put it in our fridge because yeah. That's where we go the most. I put it in our shower so that every single morning we'd look at it so we could never forget and mm. it was surrounding us constantly. So, yeah, it doesn't have to be that, but just setting those for yourself at the start of the year is really helpful because they should be for about 12 months. Okay, yeah, I think that's a really practical way of approaching it. Sometimes being able to have those goals in the place that you can see just means that you're going to execute them more. And I love the way that you were able to break it down into, okay, this is exactly how you should be setting it up and why. Okay. So our second thing, you've started to set the goals. The next thing, and in in the case of Tash, you already do this, it's inbuilt into your process. But the next thing is to have an accountability partner. So if you have these new goals for yourself, if you've got these lofty ideas of like where you want to go, it's important that you start to share it with someone. You want to set a deadline, you want to have a a target date to work towards, but you also want to be able to have a a person that can hold you to it. Because sometimes if it just lives in your head, like I know we all want to think that we're not going to let ourselves down and we're going to stick to everything that we say. But a lot of the times it is really helpful to let people in, someone that obviously that you trust enough to be able to share something aspirational with, especially if they are personal goals, you want to be able to have that level of trust. But also it's a great piece of advice for career progression, because if you are sharing a professional goal or a personal goal with someone that you work with, whether it be a boss or a manager or a co-worker that you trust, that is a really great way of making sure you stick to it. I think a great example and one that we use is within our performance reviews, whether it's yearly or quarterly, we set goals for the next six to 12 months. And then we write those goals down and we revisit them. And it is such a satisfying feeling to be able to see one, your team or yourself working towards those goals and two, them actually coming into fruition. Because 12 months down the track seems like a really long time or six months or even sometimes, you know, three months seems like a really far away away. But when you see, you know, those steps that you put in place each day to be able to get there and achieve it, it's a really gratifying experience. So I definitely recommend having some level of accountability sharing to be able to get towards your goals. I think what you brought up there about that performance we do yearly, that was put in because mainly you know, you've got your goals. And Mm. once you've got your goals, I wanted to make sure that, yeah, you're right. It it is that accountability sharing. And it's also like ensuring that you're on the same page as 
your manager and your team and your team are on the same page as you. And I think you completely, I never really thought about it in that accountability sharing, but it is completely that because you're opening yourself up and you're setting out a goal and you're, you're letting your manager know, like, this is my goal. This is what I want to achieve. Can you hold me to it? Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, being able to share that amongst a team is a really powerful thing. You just need to start. So I think the resource for this one will be to find that accountability partner. Mm. I think that's really important to find that person who will hold you accountable and finding that whether it's in work or, or personal life, I think that's really, really important. I also think that the other resource, if you're, you are interested in the couple strategy doc, I can slide it to yes. your DMs. I can send it to you. I can send you a special one. I've got the 2023 ready to go for the new year. So should you want that to do with your partner over the break or by yourself, completely fine. It is for absolutely everyone, whether you're in a couple or not. So slide into our DMs, let me know, and I shall send you an email with it. But yeah, I hope these these helped. I think it's a really busy time at the moment and probably the last thing you want to be thinking about is your future. You're just trying to get through December, Mm -hmm. fair play. However, I do hope that these help, especially as you're starting to set yourself up for the new year because I think there's nothing more important than setting your year right completely unpopular opinion, but I'm a huge news resolution person. I love it. I write mine down and eliminate them. Oh my gosh. Yes, you do. (laughs) But I think this is a really good way for you just to be really introspective about what the next year looks like for you. Yeah. And give yourself that opportunity for a fresh start. December can be overwhelming at times, but by doing things like this and giving yourself a tangible goal to work towards or a project to work on yourself, I think you're going to be feeling a lot more optimistic about your December. And if you want more tips like this, or if you're feeling like you need a little bit of a a burst to get through the next couple of weeks, right before December 25th, we have a lot more content coming up that is really going to help you over these next festive couple of weeks. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening. Please rate and review. Yes, you did it. And subscribe. (laughs) Oh, you can subscribe. Please subscribe. We'd like well, it if you did. you've already subscribed, right? Yeah, we <laughs> hope so. And if you're new here, just do it anyway yes, and you'll, you'll come to love us. Thank you so much and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.